If you want to be happy, it's going to have to be a lifestyle switch. And if you want to be happy, you're going to have to do the work in deep. Quick fixes become fads and diets to take back your time and live your life for you. Because if you want to be happy, it's going to have to be a lifestyle switch. Hey, look at this. Look how are you? I'm very, very good, very good, very excited to be here. Thank you for um, inviting me along to be part of um, this chat about happiness. You're very welcome. Thank you for fitting me in your super busy schedule. Um, Matt does the most amazing art. I, just, <laughs> I don't even know where to quite describe it. Um, and we, ha we haven't had a proper catch up in ages. So yeah, there might be a bit of that mixed in um, with today's episode. Um, I probably hung out, of all the people, hung out with you um, the most during lockdown. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, possibly, um, um, yeah, I'd say as well, during, during lockdown, you were a regular visitor into our kitchen. Yeah. Metaphorically speaking, anyone that knows me will know I was a big, big COVID rule follower. So we are talking virtually on Zoom. Um, yes. I had the pleasure of being uh, Matt's PT um, during COVID and previously um, back when I had my studio in London. And mm. um, so we've, we've known each other. I've known you longer than I've known my daughter. Indeed, indeed. I, I remember uh, you announcing um, the... Um, the imminent arrival of your daughter and uh, saying that we'd have to stop training. Yeah. Like, uh, but you know. She's the best, she's the best. She's having a bit of a funny evening. So I'm hoping she stays in her room this evening. Um, we've got a, a little doggy we've had for just over a week staying with us and he goes back tomorrow morning. Oh. And I have to drive him back to London. So he, she's, she's really sad that he's going home. Um, so yeah. I mean, I mean, if we are talking about happiness, surely, that, surely that must be her definition of happiness now, isn't it? Is the, is the doggy? Is the doggy? We want to get. We're going to get one eventually. Um, for me, having an animal is very part of my like long-term happiness. Um, I'm going to get them little um, tabards as well, so they can come with me everywhere. <laughs> They're like my anxiety relaxing dogs. Um, <laughs> I. But I just oh i love animals i love animals there's some really really interesting um um scientific studies about how animals are able to uh uh basically break down your stress break down your anxiety generally make you fitter and uh, and uh, and a better functioning like human being and mm -hmm. I, I i find that interesting considering that it's just just in inverted commas, a ball of fluff who is uh, who is uh, like following you around. He's like a little shadow. He has um, so he's not allowed upstairs. I think he is in his proper home, and he's mm. he's took to it very well. And um, we so we used to walk him when we lived in London, and then when we moved out here, he's had a week, but we went away, so we took him away with us and um, within the UK, and then this ten days he's been here with us. Mm. And, um, He's uh, he's been really good at every it's just three different houses he's been at with us that he's not been allowed upstairs and he's really good at following that rule but here he has I think it's the second step up is quite wide because it's one of the corner steps and yeah. if we're all upstairs he just curls himself up on that little step and that's his yeah. little weight and because below that is a really small step and below that is a cold floor it's like the first yeah. big bit of carpet and he's like I'm gonna get as close as I can. 
before he, they say get down. He, he he wants to be with his people. He wants yeah. to be part of the pack. He's he's definitely settled into being us being his people. Um, he's never really shown that much interest in my partner. It's all about me and this. <laughs> 10 days, he's got very attached, attached to H, so um, he's, he's, he's got a new best, I'm, I think I'm his second bestie now. Yeah, I mean, does that have something to do with you're the one who is feeding him? Oh, well, so that's why everyone said, oh, has, has H been feeding him? And I'm like, no, I've been feeding him every meal. I feed him, I do his treats, but apparently, <laughs> I think we've probably taken him on maybe the same amount of walks. Maybe his walks are more interesting, but... Yeah. For whatever reason, I'm no longer the favourite. Well, you know, but uh, as, as long as um, uh, you are able to um, live with being like second favourite, uh, being 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 um, like the second in in um, in command, then um, it's perfect for you. Story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Um, well, this works out quite well because normally with the normal podcast episodes, I give a little life update at the beginning of the episode. So now we've done that. Although, so for those of you that don't know, the audio will be taken off this and it will be going out on the podcast, which is available on um, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. But these will be going out from September. So I'll be recording most of them in August um, and then they will be going out in September. So if you miss any of this, if you can't stay tuned for the whole thing, um, then you will be able to check it out on the pod podcast um, from September. Season two is out at the moment. This will be season three. Um, and if you just search what the heck is a happy lifestyle in uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, then you will be able to find it. I think it shows up on other things, but those are my two main ones. So I'm not going to reel off all the many many things that it's there um, and the link for that can be found in my instagram bio if you are watching this over on instagram mm. so much fun um so matt mm. let's start with the basics yes. who are you what i'm so I'm, i need to work on my Scylla impersonation but <laughs> what's your name and where do you come from <laughs> i'm gonna say uh that is an excellent impersonation um, who am I and where do I come from? Okay, my name is Matt Jukes and I am an artist. Um, all, of my, all of my work is about emotion and place. Um, so that, that's the reason why this is kind of perfect because I've done a lot of work about, um, about how, our, how work triggers emotion and how we find emotion in, inside, our, inside our different places. So I, I, I have this very kind of uh, interest in the idea of the way which happiness can be found and the way that uh, happiness can be uh, shifted and moved um, if, if you choose so. Um, so that's uh, what I do. I do everything from prints all the way through to paintings, all the way through to installations and uh, lots of sort of sculptural sort of things. So lots and lots of different uh, sort of mediums um, as well as lots of different ways of working. So. Uh, in a nutshell, that's me. Uh, so th that's 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 what I am. And wh where do I come from? I um, I currently live in London. I uh, was born in Papua New Guinea. I I spent my formative years in Melbourne, and I've been in London now for oh, almost twenty years or so. Because you do, you get the occasionally bits of your accent that you're like. Yeah. I mean, I'm exceptionally bad with accents. Anyone who knows me will know I am. I am particularly horrendous with accents, and um, mm -hmm. both delivering of them and listening to them. But occasionally, with your accent, you're just like, "There's something. 
There's something not London there. There's something else. <laughs> They're like, you're not from around here, are you? Although in quite a few parts of London, that's a big compliment. <laughs> possibly, possibly, possibly. I, uh, I always say I'm very, my accent's very Southern, very Southern. Um, although some of the up North side of the family say my accent's very Downton. That's what I referred to. So anyone who doesn't know, that's a reference to Downton Abbey. Um, and I say you should hear me after a glass of champagne. It gets a lot worse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you see, my question is, is that upstairs, like Downton, or downstairs Downton? I've never thought to ask. I'm, I'm presuming it's upstairs. Although <laughs> 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 oh, downstairs were very well spoken. What was it, Mrs. The, 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 the head housekeeper lady? Yes. Um, very well spoken. All Fun of them fact, I, I went on a cycle challenge with the butler from Downton Abbey. Oh. I can't remember his name, either his character or his real name right now. Um, but my Cycle Madagascar challenge that I did in 2015, crikey, mm. feels like a million years ago, um, he was on it. Um, did, did, did he serve you uh, drinks after dinner? No, he was very fit. <laughs> very fit. And it made me look at him very differently in all the TV shows. <laughs> so I'm going, that's got to be a fat suit. That's got to be a fat suit. Like he, he was, he'd done a lot of them as well. He'd done a lot of the cycle challenges. Um, and he did say this was the physically hardest one. And I was like, oh great, it's my first one. Excellent, excellent. Perfect, perfect, jump straight in. Um, so speaking of jumping straight in, we will jump, we're not very good at straight in and I'm, I like part, the chit chat is part of the fun, um, but we will jump straight in mm -hmm. to our first actual questions. We've got three questions. And um, for those of you that saw, uh, I had Patty on um, last week with the first episode. So it's gonna be the same three questions with every guest. So the first question is, what has made you happy in this past week? You see, asking that question uh, got me kind of thinking about what happiness actually is. What, I mean, that, that, that was the biggest sort of start uh, because my first kind of thought into that was what made me happy, uh, happy over this past week was a colour blue. Um, it's, it's this kind of like mix of ultramarine uh, brew, uh, blue with um, a cerulean blue. Uh, so it's this really kind of almost, um, think of a Mediterranean sea during the height of, the, dur during the height of summer, where the water is kind of that kind of crystal blue. Um, that is what, the, that is the sort of color which it is. Um, and that there g gave me so much kind of happiness and joy. Um, that was because it was associated um, a little darker, but yes. Yeah. Oh, nice. That was good. That was good. That was, that's one of my favourite Sharpies at the moment. Mm, excellent. excellent. That's, that's an excellent colour. So that, that, that kind of gave me kind of great joy um, because, I, because I can associate that with the finishing of a painting. But also the other way is blue has all these lovely kind of lovely positive um, connotations which uh, we as a society have chosen to, um, to like allocate to it. So if you think about it, blue sky thinking. 
uh, ears where anything's possible and those days when when the sky has no clouds and it's that perfect blue sky um, that, that, that kind of blue is uh, uh, brings happiness and joys and is incredibly kind of up, uplifting and uh, like joyful but, but, but the other thing which I find really interesting about all these kind of cultural associations with color is why do we say we, we're feeling a bit blue when we're not happy um, so it's 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 all these sorts of things and obviously as you can see color is really important to me and color i think is a really interesting way to be able to connect with your emotions and connect with um with your happiness with your joy with your um even even with your sadness and all of those other um, kind of um suite of emotions so um i'm gonna ask you, you, you a question what color makes you happy yellow yeah. I don't know where that came from. I, oh, yeah. I I don't know. It's just kind of a happy. I'm I'm all about the sharp. I'm living my best sharpie life here. So anyone just listened to the audio so far, I've I've held up three. To, no, this is my second sharpie. <laughs> um, I held up a blue sharpie. I don't. This kind of. So this is a like a bright yellow, but before it turns anything kind of orangey. Mm. So that, it's got to be like that really vibrant daffodils it's it just daffodils feel like such a happy flower yeah, and yeah. it's like that daffodil yellow um and it's not necessarily i really my daughter asks me all the time what's your favorite color which is what i thought you were going um no. which is really difficult like i just don't have one like yeah. even even like navy and even certain greys. I find certain mm. greys really nice as well. Um, I'm not into black. Mm. Um, I think I get lost in it a bit too much, which with my brain is way too dangerous. Um, but I, so yeah, I don't have a huge, a bl black for me is a very generic object type mm. of um, So like my hair scrunchies are black, but I generally try to avoid it. Um, yeah. But even navy, navy blue. I love a lot of navy blue, but I don't know. There's something, yeah. When you said happiness, um, bright and those bright yellow roses you get. Um, yeah. For me, that's quite a happy, a powerful happiness color. So yep. a strength. Um, I don't know if this is actually what yellow is meant to mean, but for me, it's like that strength, integrity, sustainable happiness. That um, that longevity of happiness. Whereas, um, we, you've given me a really good quote when um, Matt and I were talking to get this booked in, um, and we made a reference to joy and happiness. I said, mm. joy, joy is exhausting. Happiness is sustainable. <laughs> and I think for me, like pink. Here we go. More sharpies for you. Mm. Pink is joy, but. I don't wear pink. Um, we have a, like an off pink in our bedroom, but other than that, I wouldn't have a lot of pink around my mm. house. This is yeah. fine for my daughter's wardrobe mainly. Because um, it is mm -hmm. that adult. But yellow, I find, is much more, it's like sustainable happiness, like the glow yeah. of the sun, um, that the light of possibility, all the wonderful mm. things. Okay. You see, you see. I was thinking of, um, like a lot about that idea of the difference because when you asked me to do this, I I, I really kind of questioned what was happiness to, to me, and my, my my first thought is, am I ever really truly happy? Uh, because there, because in, in in inside that kind of day to day um, like rush about, I'm not the kind of person who gets like 
enormously excited. Um, I mean, w w watching everybody um, um, s celebrate the football last night, I mm. it just made me think, I don't feel that sort of over emotion. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's fantastic. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's, it's great, but there's it, no kind of connection with me. And um, so I've got, I, I, after spending a bit of time thinking about this, I've kind of come to, to, to the conclusion that the, that happiness is, the, um, is a place without expectation. So when you remove the expectation, when you remove all that, that is my point of true, true happiness, uh, where I'm just happy to be. I, I'm not trying to be something else. I'm not trying to um, transform. I'm not trying to control the world um, around me. I am just content within that world. So I... Um, which, which I think you can look at that as a kind of, um, uh, you can see it as a, almost like a negative, I, oh, you, 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 you have given up on t t trying to change things. But, but, but I actually think it's quite a good thing to be able to bring it down to the, I don't need that. that, that, that. Mm -hmm. it, it is what it is. I am not fighting to be able to um, like change your expectations of me or my expectations of me or anything outside of that. Because once you remove all of that expectations, you are nothing but happy. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm, I think some, for a long time, I think the things that made me happy, I had a lot of guilt around, not guilt's kind of the wrong word, but I felt stupid for getting so much happiness from certain things and mm. um, and I'm now like no I'm gonna really enjoy my bed like I love <laughs> sleep sleep yep. makes me really happy and when I get um, I'm quite often I quite often get into bed after my partner and mm. um, and then the days where I get in before eight and I can starfish just for a second I mean we have quite a good bed anyway because I kick a lot like you just wouldn't want to do a small bed with me. Um, <laughs> But I just get it for a little bit, or if um, if H has got up, and then I come um, come back to bed with like a book, which I usually then don't read. But I'm just like, I I just it brings me so much happy. It's such a place of peace and calm, and there's not a lot of stuff in our bedroom. And um, for me, there's very little expectation in our bedroom because my clothes aren't even stored in, in our bedroom. So yeah. literally the only things I use in there are the bed and my bedside cabinet. And it's, it, there's just, there's not, for me, there's nothing to be done in there, but lie in the giant fluffy marshmallow. Yeah. But I, I, why am I, I'm not meant to feel happy. This I'm meant to be happy if I've got a six figure business and if I've got this and this and this, and it took me a long time to get my head around. It's not wrong. It's not wrong that I can just be happy in my giant fluffy marshmallow. <laughs> I think that so many of those things become um, distractions. Hmm. So that, that expectation becomes distractions from what you are actually meant to be doing. Um, so, so I mean, there's that lovely story about uh, like Steve Jobs' um, um, apartment had a mattress on the floor uh, and a sound system with a record player. Hmm. That was everything he needed. That was beautiful. Yeah.
yeah i mean i should have mentioned it'd be uh, difficult to raise any children inside that environment but um <laughs> I don't know. if you've got you can make a den you've got sheets on your bed your leg if my leg is apparently the greatest tent pole ever imaginable and um, it starts to ache after a while but quite often <laughs> i'm required to become a tent pole um and they do better with less stuff and yeah. um, I, I think I we all do better with less stuff. I, I do. Th I do think if we r remove the distractions, uh, if we if we have less, then we that we give our brain space to be able to think, to be able to um, process, mm. uh, and we're not constantly looking to be able to find that distraction, find that that that, that moment to be able to kind of uh, avoid ourselves. Mm. There was. There's a thing that I've started to integrate when I'm talking about um, a bit of designing of space uh, for, for clients and within clients' homes and things um, that I was finding. So anyone that's heard, spoken to me for more than 10 minutes before will know I've got a bit of an obsession with words, <laughs> a bit of a obsession with <laughs> words, like uh, common and normal and the fact that we use them so incorrectly very consistently um, and identifying well should I've said normal here but do I actually mean common and vice versa and another one that I've got into when it comes to talking to plants about their spaces and things is do I want to be inspired or do I want to create within this space because creation um is meant to come from nothing um, and this was actually from a religious talk because God created yeah. from nothing so the original term and it wasn't, it was actually some artists, I mean, a long, long time ago that started mm. to change the, the creation and, and um, they, they had a, a fight against the church because they wanted to return, refer to what they, they were creating art and the church were like, no, only God can create. And there was a big, up, big upheaval. There was a big mm. tip off um, about it. Um, but I found that even though it's not what the word means now and um, helping people to define what they want from a space I found really really helpful when I was saying do you want to be inspired within this space or do you want to create in this space do mm. we want a space that is a blank canvas where you can grow from things from nothing or do you want a space that's lots of in, lots of inspiration um, and for me my office becomes a mixture of both and I had a big wall the wall actually directly behind where I'm looking and um, where originally I was just going to have it plain and then I needed some inspiration. Mm. So it gained a few things. Um, and occasionally I need it as a creative space, but I just literally lightly blue tack stuff so I can take it all down yeah. and, and have a blank canvas to sit and feel that creation from nothing space, but I can put it back up. And, and, and we found that within different dynamics, our kitchen space is very creative. Uh, no, uh, kitchen space is very um, inspiration, whereas our sitting room, we've kept a lot blanker and a lot more of a creative space. It's very, very simple in there um, and finding that different dynamic. So while those words, I say they've become Jess's and Jess definitions as opposed mm. to real definitions. <laughs> you um, see... You see, I actually think I disagree with you a little bit about uh, the, uh, drawing a line between uh, creativity and inspiration, um, because I actually think it is a feedback loop. Um, so that you, you, um, you, you need to be inspired to be able to create, to be able to be inspired again, and for it to be a 
it's for you to always be asking the question of the work. Uh, so rather than kind of dictating what you want it to be, to, uh, to, to, to kind of force it and shout it into submission, you want to have a conversation with that and with the work to be able to do something, step back and think, hmm, that's interesting. Now, now, what are you telling me to do next? Um, and I think that that becomes that kind of feedback loop, which that actually um, like resonates with, um, oh, I can't remember whose theory of creativity it is, but, but, but basically it talks about the um, reptilian brain, which is the part of your brain which uh, is, is working overtime when you're doing other things. So, 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 um, so, 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 so basically the, the way we say broke up the creative process was you need to understand the problem which you are trying to solve. You need to take the inspiration. You need to, uh, you need to do the reading, look at the pictures and, um, find all of the different pieces of like research, um, to be able to feed your brain for you to then basically go off and do something else. Uh, to be able to leave your brain to be able to solve the problem inside the part of your brain called the called the reptilian brain and it is then when you know ideas come out of the blue at you that it is actually uh, when when your brain is working over time putting it all together and then uh, it will draw connections between all of your research all of your readings all of uh, all the things you've made and then create work at the other side so in my mind it's it's um and then that's when you start the process over again and keep on going round and round in circles. So I, I don't think there's a clear line between a creative space or an inspirational space. I think they need to work as one because you are always creative and you are always um, and you always need to be inspired to be creative. Mm -hmm. Oh no, I like that. We will move on to our second question because. I said, what did I say? 20 to 30 minutes or 25 minutes in and we're on question two. Um, but we, we knew this would happen. Let's be honest. This is me. Um, and you... <laughs> so question number two is what's the most random thing in your life that breaks you, that makes you happy? Random things which make me happy. I mean, I do have to say my partner makes me very happy. Um, and it's usually the um, kitchen disco. Uh, which uh, which happens. Um, you, it used to happen at lunchtime during the whole uh, whole uh, like lockdown um like process. Uh, but um, now that we're no longer locked in at lunchtime, it, it it's become a um random occurrence. Um, and it, it it's, so I'm going to start referring to it as the surprise kitchen disco, uh, where where we can just be chatting away, and all of a sudden. She um she shouts out to um shouts out to Google to like start playing some music, and uh, she starts dancing. Why not? And that just brings me so much joy, uh, because it's silly, it's ridiculous, it's um it's it's unexpected, but it's also her um it's her reading me and realizing that I am stressed or worried or getting too serious about everything and her being able to diffuse me uh, and kind of um, say, oh, it's okay. Actually doing some, uh, doing some like kitchen dancing in a very silly way uh, to a very cheesy song is, is just what you need right now to be able to make you smile. All the best songs are super cheesy. Just all, exactly. 
all the best songs. I think it's one of my favourite bits about having a five-year-old is I'm getting to relive all my favourite songs without like the shame of the fact that I want to be listening to Steps. <laughs> all I can say is five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. Um... She was singing that the other day in the back of the car, but like one bit of it over and over again. And she said, I'm really, I'm really sorry, mummy, that I'm singing the same bit of the song. It must be annoying. And I was like, that's, that's a good awareness for a five-year-old. She said, but mummy, I loved it when we went to the party and no one else knew the dance routine but you. <laughs> <laughs> and this was from months ago. This was, it was, three, it was at least three months ago because the party was, our vicar from church was going on sabbatical and he's just come back. Okay. And it, so it was at least three months ago, and she was just, and she'd somehow remembered that at the party, everyone had to follow mummy for the five, six, seven, eight dance. And they knew some of the other ones, but that one, I don't know. I don't know why not enough people know that one. That's a really good. I'd go so far to say it's a tragedy. <laughs> See, that one I don't know. I know five, everyone knows tragedy if, of the steps dance routines. Everyone knows the tragedy one. And I'm like, I don't, I don't, I never got into, actually, no, I don't know, I remember at school being like, I, I got, I remember this bit, but I never learned the rest of it. Whereas five, six, seven, eight, I don't know, just, it clicked. I absolutely love five, six, I still love five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> <laughs> All the best songs. Um, it's not my favourite. I, I, so those of you that are listening, whether you're listening on replay on um, Instagram or on the podcast, go and find it on Instagram if not. And let me know in the comments, which cheesy song with a dance routine do you think is my favourite? I will give you a slight clue. It's not known, actively known as having an official dance routine. There's a lot of variations, but so favourite song from that kind of era. Um, 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 drop, it, drop it in the comments and I'll see if anyone gets it right. It's not completely obscure. It, it's, it's fairly mainstream pop, but I wonder if anyone will get it right. And um, so our third and final question for this evening, which is uh, quite a biggie. <laughs> That's mm. quite um, so, what the heck is a happy lifestyle according to Matt? I think that what uh, we kind of alluded this to uh, before is the removal of expectation. I, I, I think if you're uh, because you know you, you you can't change the world, but you can change the way you feel about the world. Mm -hmm. So if you're able to remove that expectation of how you're meant, you're meant to, and I just used air quotes there, um, to be able to move th through this world so that you can uh, accept what comes to you uh, and then accept what you put, put, put back and how you respond to, to, to that. I think that, that, that removes so much of the weight of what we uh, put, put onto ourselves. And that is at, at the kernel of, of uh, my happiness. I mean, I, I mean, basically, uh, like right now, um, I am in the process of um, renovating the house. Which, uh, which we live in. Um, we are getting married in uh, five months. Um, get that one right. So there's a lot going on, um, all, all whilst um, my partner's trying to um, uh, work full time, get, a, uh, get extra, uh, extra kind of qualifications and um, just generally. We've got a lot going on. So 
it's important to be able to and so, so we've put all of this weight upon ourselves to to kind of make it happen um mm -hmm. but I, I i think it's you you have to find ways that in all that busyness and all that kind of craziness to be able to say well is it in the end of, end of the world if 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 we drop uh, drop um drop some of these balls or stop spinning um spinning some of these plates in order to mix my metaphors um and to be able to remove that kind of expectation of of what what we should be doing i mean I, I think by putting that lens over the top of everything you you start to work out what is actually important um to to be able to kind of let go of all the things and all the noise and all the oh we are doing this because that's what my parents did we were doing this because that's what the cool um hashtag influencer is uh, is like telling us we should do um i it, it's all of those things where you're like actually why why am i doom scrolling what why am i going through this uh i mean i have an open instagram in a week um and as you can probably see a lot of my a lot of my work is through instagram it's about where to find the audience and where where i sell a lot of my art um uh so but it got to the point where i was like i just don't i just don't need this right now um so it's like i don't want to feel feel that um dopamine uh, like rush going into my brain because someone liked um liked um one of my posts um i it, it all felt a, um a little bit like i can't be asked anymore i can't be bothered <laughs> um I got rid of, I got rid of my personal um I mean we had a, a bit of a safety issue last October and and so I got rid of my personal and my Facebook actually briefly. Mm. Uh, well no Facebook for longer and then I had to go in and I reactivated my Facebook because a lot of my logins were via Facebook. And so I had to go back in and delete everything very, very quickly so that I could still use the account to log into stuff. But there was basically, there was no way to trace me through it. Yep. So, sounds a bit cryptic. Um, I've now got Facebook that I have for work a little bit, um, but like my name is not spelt correctly on there. Mm. Um, and it's, I've made it a lot harder to find me and stuff through it. And yep. um it was so nice. It's still so nice not having a personal Instagram. And if I don't post stuff on my work for a week or so, I'm like, oh, never mind. Never <laughs> mind. Yep. I still, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot. I think because I plan ahead and I batch a lot and stuff with my Instagram and things that it can be a bit of like, oh, I haven't posted for a while. And there's usually a post already saved on my phone that I can use. Mm. Um, but that letting go of, when I when I got to a point where I could have had my Instagram back and going, why, like what, why? It's I think sometimes we need that kick to get rid of things like that. We need an active. We don't actively see it doing harm, and I find this with saying with like physical clutter in our houses, we'll be like, well, I've got space, so why would I get rid of it? And then it breaks, and you don't replace it, or it breaks, so you put it in the wherever you put it in the utility room to repair it and suddenly you're like 
oh it's really nice without it i mean we've done it we've got very little like knick-knacky decorated type bits but i'll move them out of their place um to dust them and i'll look back at the windowsill and be like yeah they're not going back <laughs> <laughs> like i am happier without those things physically there and and the same with the mental stuff it's the same with the virtual stuff and sometimes yeah. just there being a, a real an active reason why we have to move it for whatever reason and <laughs> um, that then makes us go i don't i don't want to put it back it's better now i um, it's it, it, it's it's interesting that you say that because um i um i rehung all of the work inside my studio uh this afternoon so uh as i'm kind of working i put the work up onto the wall and um when i'm working on one thing there's kind of all this other work for me to be kind of looking at and today i decided to take everything off the walls and then put it all back up again so i could see it in in um with a completely new perspective and it it always fascinates me at how much i'm able to see everything again I've, uh, once you get everything away and then put it back up, when it becomes a conscious decision as you're putting the work back up there and putting it next to each other, that kind of conscious decision of, uh, oh, yes, th yes, this is an object, this is another object next to it, that makes sense. Um, I, do, I, I, I think that that is something that you need to extend into, into, the, um, into the rest of your life, is that kind of conscious choice which, you, which you're making about, uh, about everything which surrounds you, be that uh, virtual or be, be, be that physical, because it becomes wallpaper very, very quickly and it just starts to build up and after it becomes wallpaper, it becomes clutter. So when you find the things you love, you need to keep kind of moving them around so that you can see them again. Mm. So that's um, reminded me of, so I have a, a definition of clutter. Obviously it's something, as I deal with a lot of clutter, it's something that I get asked a, a fair amount, what, what, is, what is clutter? And I say that it's, it's anything physical, mental or virtual that doesn't serve you or doesn't serve you in its current state or location. Mm. So you could have what is a piece of art on the wall that is cluttering up that wall just because it's, it's on the wrong wall. It's not where you can actually notice it and appreciate it and it's not the right space, it's not light, enough light to yeah. see it or whatever it might be or we've got a few pieces that annoyingly have to be out of direct sunlight because <laughs> 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 they're like old maps and things and they might get yeah. like faded and things and so we have to be careful with if we put them in one place they would be cluttered because they get damaged when we have to see them very long um but it, sometimes it is just about the placing of where it is it's clutter on one shelf but on another windowsill it might no no longer be um it's why i kind of think it's a shame now that things like our phones automatically sync and update so mm. you get a new phone um and it automatically recreates what you had on the last one um, yeah. And you can do, what you can do with that is you can do like a mini packing party. So you can put it all into one group folder and then over the space of the next month, just pull out the apps as you use them, pull them out and put them onto your home screen and see what you've got left in that final folder. Because um, it's so quick to re-download them now. Yeah. If, you need, if you need to get access to them again, how instant do you really need to have access to it? Well, if you, you if you have an iPhone, it automatically does that. 
it automatically takes off the apps which you haven't used for for, for a while um, and then puts it on the screen at the end. Um, so, yeah, if you, you, the, if, you, if you do have a look on your iPhone, you'll see the apps you haven't used, they have a little um, cloud and an arrow um, next to the icon. And that means it's not on your phone anymore. So theoretically, you could just delete that off and get, get rid of that kind of visual clutter because it's not there. Uh, I, to be fair, I delete a lot of my apps pretty quickly. So I don't think it's had a chance to do that to me yet. But that is, that's a good one to know. I'm spotting that one yet. Yeah, see, mm -hmm. you learn something. That's my new thing for today. You learn something new every day. That's my new thing. <laughs> oh, it's been so amazing to have you here. And, and hopefully um, you're not getting in trouble with, with the, the future misses. <laughs> I did squeal when I saw that I'm... Um, yeah, you guys have got engaged. I'm very happy about that. Um, I'm very happy. I'll expect my invite. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> and all honesty, I don't mind leaving my house, so I'm nice and easy. Um, <laughs> don't like going anywhere. Um, but yeah, so give her big, big hugs from me. Because, um, yeah, I've never met. We knew each other pre-COVID, so we've met physically in person. Mm -hmm. But um, I've never met her physically in person. We kept saying, we'll, we'll, we'll do it before we move, before we move. And we moved a year ago, so still haven't done it. Life, life does get busy, doesn't it? Mm. Annoying you say sometimes. But, but, but you see, it's these things which bring us like happiness and joy. Mm. Definitely. So... But, okay. so so it's important to make time for these things. Mm. Well, now I'm getting better at leaving my house. <laughs> for, those, <laughs> for those of you that listen to podcasts, I did, like, I, I jest, but I'm, and before I get in, in trouble for being insensitive to people with agoraphobia, I did, I did get actively diagnosed with agoraphobia um, earlier in the year. So when I say I don't like leaving my house, like, I really don't like leaving my house. I'm doing a lot better now. I'm generally better in summer, I guess. It's... Um, it's there's less active thinking required to leave the house in summer because you just push your feet into your flip-flops and keep going whereas <laughs> but things like when you've got agoraphobia and stuff trying to get coat on and bag packs and waterproofs and socks and shoes suddenly feel a million times worse so um it's uh <laughs> It, it, it's nicer in the summer when you can leave the house before you've thought about the fact that you're leaving the house. <laughs> um, so for anyone that's joined late or would like to listen to the whole episode, um, this will be saved over onto my Instagram videos as well, but these will be going out as podcast episodes over on What The Heck Is A Happy Lifestyle, which is on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. These will be going out from September and there's a whole series of these with the same three magical questions that I will be asking all my guests. Um, so do check that out. That's going to be season three. We've got a couple of episodes of season two still to go. Um, season two has all been about actionable steps. So actionable steps for a quote unquote happy lifestyle. But um, um, for that foundation, basically making space for the happiness. That's what season two has been about, making lots of space for the happiness um, and then making sure season three is all about identifying our different types of happiness um, and no guilt, no guilt with how happiness shows up for you, clearly. Um, but have an amazing evening. I'm back tomorrow evening with Helen Austin. Um, 
so do make sure you tune in for that give me a follow so that you can find that episode give matt a follow if you've found this through me um just the most beautiful instagram feed i think you can follow on instagram uh, that's yours matt it's right. just absolutely stunning um i can't wait to have our forever home because i will be coming back to you for that piece for my sitting room um, <laughs> <laughs> i'm holding you to that you won't have heard from me for four years and you'll suddenly get me i've finally got my forever home right we're getting this sitting room piece sorted <laughs> excellent excellent i d i look forward to to um to i'm um, seeing uh seeing your brand new forever home one day we'll get there <laughs> I'm too busy growing vegetables in this one at the moment. <laughs> um, have an amazing evening, everyone, and I will see you soon. Ta-ta for now. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Matt. If you want to be happy, it's going to have to be a lifestyle switch. And if you want to be happy, you're going to have to do the work in deep. Quick fixes become better diets to take back your time and live your life for you. Because if you want to be happy, it's going to have to be a lifestyle switch.